Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. So today we not only celebrate our generosity to God, but we also celebrate God's generosity to us. Today is a very special day here at Grace Crossing Church and in all churches around the world, because today we celebrate a very special birthday. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Today is the birthday of the church, of Christ's church. And what would a birthday be without special gifts? Well, today we want to celebrate on this Pentecost Sunday God's generosity in giving us the best gift of all, the gift of himself, the gift of his Holy Spirit that was poured out and that filled us and fills us even today. At Pentecost, we celebrate the fact that Jesus gives the disciples a parting gift. We read about it in Acts chapter one, verses four and five, and also verse nine. On one occasion, while they were eating with them, he, Jesus, gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them, hid him from their sight. Now, what I really love about this Pentecost Sunday is that this is such a meaningful day because we are actually doing today what the first disciples were doing on the first Pentecost in the New Testament. The the disciples were actually sheltering in place in Jerusalem. They were waiting for this gift that Jesus had promised. Like the disciples, we too find ourselves still apart, isolating, sheltering somewhat in place, And yet, just like that very first Pentecost took place while they waited, we too get the opportunity today in a very special way to experiencing the outpouring and the infilling of God's Spirit anew in our hearts as we too shelter in place. Now, I want you to think about what Acts teaches here. Jesus is leaving them. They are coming for a a, a parting of ways, if you will. And usually when you come for a going away party, you're the one who brings the gift. But in this case, Jesus reverses it. Jesus actually is the one who says, I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you a promise of a gift. And that's what we celebrate today. We celebrate the beautiful parting gift that Jesus offered his disciples and that Jesus today offers each and every one of us. Now, there are two aspects to Pentecost that I want us to unpack together this morning. I want to unpack the promise of Pentecost, and then I want us together to look at and to shift our focus to the purpose of Pentecost. But let's first of all talk about the promise. Pentecost proves that God keeps his promise. Luke chapter 24, verse 49, the first part of it says, these are the words of Jesus. I am going to send you what my father has promised. 
This is not the first time they've heard this promise. They heard it in the Old Testament through the prophets. Jesus often reminded them of this promise of the Father. But Jesus said here, I am now leaving and I'm sending you what my Father has promised. Now here's a deal. Every one of us here today can identify with broken promises. We all have had our hearts broken on more than one occasion because somebody did not live up to their word. Somebody did not live up to their promise. Perhaps you, like me, grew up in a broken single-parent home where your parents didn't always keep their promises or their vows. Well, I think what the Scripture reminds us of is that God is not like an earthly parent. He's not like an earthly father. Jesus promises that our heavenly father is one who will always make good on his promises. Luke's gospel, chapter 11, verses 11 and 13. Jesus says, you fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? If they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Pentecost is proof positive that God keeps his word. Pentecost also suggests that God is not a respecter of persons. God is no respecter of persons. The promise of Pentecost actually has two parts to it. It has both a corporate part, collective for all of us, but then it also has an individual or a personal part and component. And when we talk about Pentecost, we're talking about something that was promised to each of us individually, but also to us as a community of people. The prophet Joel actually foresaw what was coming through the, through the promise of the Holy Spirit. He saw the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Joel actually prophesies about this in his book, in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. In it, he says this, God is going to pour out the Holy Spirit in the place and the time and the manner of his choosing. Here's his words. I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Now, I don't know if you've caught it, but I want you to notice the inclusivity and the unitive language that Joel the prophet uses here. He sums it up really in two words. He says the Holy Spirit is for all people. I will pour out my spirit on all people. And in case that isn't clear enough, he then drills down on what he means by the promise. He says men and women alike, the Holy Spirit will come and will tear down gender barriers. The Holy Spirit is going to be given to sons and to daughters. There's not going to be the division of those who have privilege in the family and those who may be considered second-class citizens. He said it's going to be for old men and for young men. I like that. 
because it means that it's for those that are young and for we that are still young at heart. The Holy Spirit is for all of us. And and if that were not enough, he said it's even going to be for the lowest of the lowest of class, for even servants. They're going to also get in on the action of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Here was the point Joel makes. He makes the point that in God, there are not the haves and the have-nots. There are not those that are included and those that are outsiders. Everyone matters. Everyone gets to participate. Everyone gets to celebrate this birthday. God does not have preferences. God does not play favorites. That means everyone gets included. And that, friends, today includes you as well. This promise of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of God in your life, is for you today. Now, throughout Jesus's earthly ministry, he often reminded his disciples that he was going to have to depart, that it was coming. He was going so that the Holy Spirit could be sent. John chapter 16, verses five through seven, Jesus said, now I'm going away. I'm going to the one who sent me. Not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I have told you. But then Jesus says this, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus here promises a holy exchange of sorts. Jesus said, listen, if I leave, then you get to have God not only with you, but you get to have God within you. You get to have the advocate who comes alongside of you. The word in the Greek language is the word paraclete, which actually means one called to come alongside of another. The translation in the English is appropriate. It's the translation advocate. And I like that because an advocate is is one who champions the cause of another, especially one who is underserved or underrepresented. Some of you watching this today know what it's like to be an advocate. I'm married to an advocate. My wife is a defender of the defenseless. My wife comes to the aid of those who are down and struggling and suffering. She, her heart goes out to the marginalized, the disenfranchised, and she's always wanting to fight for the underdog. That's what advocates do. And that's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be to us. I love it because in the original Greek culture, that word paraclete, one who's called to come alongside is often used of somebody uh, in a judicial sense, somebody who is a legal counsel or someone who is an attorney. And I think that's a great way to think of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us and the promise is that the Holy Spirit would be with us and he would be our defender and he would be our counselor through life. Now this morning, When we think about the promise, we affirm something powerful when we talk about the Holy Spirit. We affirm that the Holy Spirit is not a what. 
The Holy Spirit is a who. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. We affirm this in our own declarations. Perhaps you've heard of the Apostles' Creed. It's actually the oldest known common creed that was recited among the earliest Christian church. It's dated all the way back as early as AD 140. And it is believed to be a way of affirming what we believe together in our shared common faith. Here are the words of the Apostles' Creed. This is what we affirm on this Pentecost Sunday. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And here it is. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic or universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The Holy Spirit is what we affirm in our declaration of faith. It's because the Holy Spirit is made available to all who are open to receiving the promise of Pentecost. So Jesus said in Luke's gospel, chapter 24, verse 49, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. We've already considered the promise of Pentecost. I now want us to shift our focus to the purpose of Pentecost. There are actually three primary purposes that kind of rise to the surface in the New Testament. There are others, of course, but I think these are the three primary, most prominent purposes of Pentecost that we read in the narrative of the New Testament. Let me begin with what I think is the central one. Pentecost is all about Jesus. Pentecost is all about Jesus. Listen, if if you've heard Pentecost ever talked about and it's made about anything other than Christ and about drawing attention to him, about lifting him higher, then I would suggest that you may not have heard an accurate teaching on Pentecost and the purpose of it. I've learned a lot of things in my many years of ministry, but one of the things that I've come to realize by personal firsthand experience is this. If the Holy Spirit is motivating it, it will always point and draw the attention to Jesus. It will not draw attention to you. It will not draw attention to some cause or purpose. It will draw attention to Jesus and the gospel. That's what the Holy Spirit came for. That's why he was sent. He was sent to make the person and the presence of Jesus real to us and real in us and make the person and presence of Jesus real to this world. 
In John chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus actually said it. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. In other words, the Holy Spirit was coming for the purpose to be able to lift up hearts and draw people's attention to the person of Jesus Christ. And so I want to make that really important point here this morning. The purpose of Pentecost, first and foremost, is that it's all about Jesus. But Pentecost is also about empowerment. It's about empowerment. You're going to wait for the promise, and that promise is that you're going to be clothed with power from on high. Two questions. First, what was the source of this power that Jesus is talking about? Secondly, what is the purpose of this power that Jesus is speaking about? Well, I think we're given answers to it in the second book that was penned by the gospel writer Luke. He wrote the book of Acts. And here's what he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the Bible makes it very clear that when we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, when we are clothed, if you will, with the power of God's Spirit, that it happens to do something in us and through us. That word power is a unique word in the Greek language. It's the word from which we get the word dynamite or dynamic. It is actually speaking of not an ordinary power. It's not talking about a power that we manufacture. When the Bible here says that you will be filled with the Spirit and you'll be filled with power, it's speaking of God's power, supernatural power. It's speaking of the activity of God that now is at work in your physical life. And that's really important. John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, Jesus, before he departed and left his disciples, he comes and he appears to them and he says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Don't miss that this morning. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, I think that what the Bible teaches is that the Holy Spirit is actually the very breath of God that is breathed into our being. It's the very breath of God breathed inside of us. Just as your breath animates your physical being, so the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, animates your spiritual being and your spiritual life. It is the Holy Spirit that activates our new birth. It is the Holy Spirit that brings our awareness to the person of Christ. We are on God's radar long before God is on our radar. God is thinking about us. And it's the Holy Spirit that quickens our spirit to actually think about him. 
we need the breath of God breathing us. You are not made spiritually alive by your own will. The Bible says that we are made alive together through Christ, through the breath of God. Now that may sound theologically dense to you this morning, but it's actually a biblical pattern. In the creation narrative, God reaches into the soil of the earth. He creates man, Adam. And the Bible says he then breathed in his nostrils the very breath or life of God and Adam became a living soul. In Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel has a prophecy. And in the prophecy, the Spirit of God takes him out to a valley that's filled with dead men's bones. And he says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Can these dry bones come back to life? And he says, oh Lord, only you know. And then God says to him, prophesy to the bones. Speak to the bones. And then speak to the wind, the breath of God, to come and fill the bones. And all of a sudden, these bones come back together and rise up. And the very life of God begins to animate them again. At Jesus' baptism, the Bible says the heavens are split. The sky is split open. And the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove upon Jesus. And his human physical being The Son of Man is filled with the Holy Spirit. At Pentecost, the very same thing happens. The Bible says that the breath of God is released. The breath of God is actually poured out and it fills physical human flesh. And all of a sudden, they're not only animated in the Spirit, they not only come alive spiritually, but they are activated and empowered by God's Spirit, by the very power and life of God. And what's it for? What's the purpose? Well, Acts 1.8 tells us, you will be filled with power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Pentecost is not only about Jesus. It's not only about empowerment, but Pentecost is all about mission. It's all about mission. Pentecost was never intended to be contained to the four walls of a church building. Pentecost was all about the marketplace. It was all about the life of God flowing in us and through us and the love of God flowing in us and through us. It is about us bringing God's life and love to those that we are in relationship with. That's what the Bible says. We will testify. We will be witnesses to the world. Before Jesus ascended, He gave to the disciples what we know as the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given you all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them these new disciples, to obey all the commands that I have given you. And you can be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go make disciples. Listen, friends, the Holy Spirit is not about warm fuzzies, as some people talk about. The Holy Spirit is not about having spiritual goosebumps or having certain emotional feelings 
although they come with it at times. The purpose, the underlying purpose of the outpouring and the infilling of the Holy Spirit in human flesh was it so that we could become radical witnesses for the person, for the life and the love of Jesus to every person that we come in contact with, that we can become a magnet for the gospel, that just as Jesus was attractional, we would become attractional to those that we're in relationship with, that when people experience us, they actually can scratch their heads and go, man, we don't know what it is about that person, but there's something that makes me think about God when I'm around them, something that makes me think about God's love when I'm around them, something that draws me to Jesus when I'm with them. And Jesus actually said it. He said, I'm authorizing you. I'm deputizing you. I'm actually giving you my authority and I'm empowering you with that authority to be my witnesses. That's why we're filled. The purpose of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to be witnesses. And to that end, he promised to be with us always. He promises to be with us even while we're not gathering physically together. Listen, Jesus is still with us. He promises to be with us even when we feel like our life has been kind of turned upside down. We don't know if we'll ever get back to what we call normal again. Life may always look a little different. But the reality is God wants us to know that he is with us. He's with us as we wait patiently for our life to return to some semblance of normal. According to theologian and author C.S. Lewis, Jesus intends every Christ follower to become a little Christ. I think that's interesting. I love making hot tea from time to time. When you make a cup of tea, you always start with boiling water. And then you take that tea bag and you put it in that water a few times and and then if you want the right brew of tea, you got to let it steep. And during that period of a three to five minutes of that tea bag steeping in that hot water, there's a transformation that takes place. It's called infusion. That tea and those leaves and the flavoring and the coloring actually begin to infuse in that hot water. And that transformation is so powerful that you no longer refer to that hot water as water, do you? You refer to it simply as tea. That's what, the, that's what Pentecost is all about. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit is all about. It is about us being filled to the point where we are no longer simply considered and called people, but we are called Christ followers. We are called Christians. That we've been infused with the very life of Christ, that in the words of C.S. Lewis, we become little images in the sense that we are so representing Jesus in our circle of influence that people see Jesus when they look at us. Now, as we prepare to pray, let me just remind you of the ultimate purpose of Pentecost. Jesus came to be with the disciples so that he could be seen through them. Jesus wanted to be seen through the apostles that's why he came to them. He visited and came to Peter because he wanted to be seen through Peter. He comes to us this Sunday morning by way of this online broadcast service 
Not just simply so we'll hear another message or maybe for us a first message. But he is here today with you. He's come to you because he wants to be seen through you. He wants his life so infused in you that when people think of you, they think of Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said with a loud voice, let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up until that time, the spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Well, friends, Pentecost is the fulfillment of what Jesus predicted and Jesus prophesied in that great festival in John chapter seven. When Jesus stands up and says, is anyone thirsty? Is anyone hungry? Let him come to me and out of him will flow rivers of living water. He was talking about the Holy Spirit that was given on Pentecost. That's what we celebrate today. And that's the promise and and power that's made available to you today. Whoever you are, wherever you are, men and women alike, sons and daughters, old people and young people, those who are employers and those who are employees, the haves and the have-nots, the marginalized and the honored. We're all included. We all get to be part of this. And so here's what I believe. Here's what the Bible promises. The gift of Pentecost is available to all who will ask boldly and to all who will wait patiently. The promise of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is available for you, to all of us, who will ask boldly and will wait patiently. Jesus said, ask, you'll receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be opened. As we close this service, would you just bow your heads? Then I'm going to ask you to put yourself in a position of receiving from God right now. I'm going to ask you to get rid of any distractions. Close your eyes as a way of just closing out the distractions. Take a couple of deep breaths to quiet your soul. Perhaps even place your hands in the palm of your hands heavenward as a way of saying, God, I'm open to you. I'm open to receiving. Would you do that right now? And I want to just pray for us today. I want to pray that all of us will receive the gift, the fullness the infilling afresh of God's Spirit today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your promise to us. It's a promise that has never been rescinded. It's a promise that has not been fully fulfilled because there are still people on this earth who are being drawn to you and are being drawn to your son, Jesus. Thank you for every person in the sound of my voice today who is right now placing themselves in a posture of humble dependence on you. We together ask boldly today for the Holy Spirit. We together wait patiently for the Holy Spirit right now to be filled 
with the fullness of God in our lives. I pray you'll fill us afresh with your peace, with your love, with your joy, with your patience, with your gentleness, with your kindness, with your self-control. God, these are all the fruit of your spirit. Let us be more faithful, God, to you because you've been so faithful to us. I entrust every person to you today. I ask you, Lord, wherever they're seated right now, wherever they're standing, wherever they're joining us on this broadcast service, God, would you in this moment fill them and empower them to be your witnesses, that people in their circle of influence can see Jesus in them. Thank you, God, for this beautiful day of celebration. Thank you for the birthday of your church, and thank you for the wonderful gift that you gave to us and that you continue to give without measure to all who are hungry and all who are thirsty. God, don't pass us by today. Include us, we pray. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. God bless each of you. Thank you for joining us today for this broadcast service. You may want to wait patiently a little longer as your heart gets filled with more of God today. May he keep you in his peace and in his love. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.